It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every single day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team. Every day, that's what we do here on Locked On. Um, Also, make sure, not just check out my podcast, make sure to check out Peacock and Williamson if you're interested in all things NFL. NFL owners Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson have you on Lockdowns, Peacock Williamson, every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insights in every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And those places are Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure... To follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the rest of preseason and training camp, going to need your participation for our weekly Friday mailbag. And there was one mailbag question I got on Friday that I've still been thinking about all weekend long. want to kind of talk about that. The Panthers, potentially, looking at the start of the season with the Jets week one, with the Saints week two, when one of their key players out, and then week three at Houston, no Deshaun Watson as of right now still – in terms of him wanting to play for the Houston Texans, what if they do start 3-0? What could that mean for the Panthers in terms of the rest of the season's outlook? Also, people are falling in love with Terrace Marshall, including a former Carolina Panther great. So we'll get into all of that and what that might mean for potential contract talks with Robbie Anderson, as he was one player that I highlighted last week that could be in line for an extension prior to the season starting. But let's go ahead and start off with what's going on with the Carolina Panthers this past weekend. They practiced in front of a crowd with the new NFL's back together again Saturday. And it was honestly, it's been a tradition even before the NFL decided that on a full day they were going to highlight every team across the NFL. But it's been a tradition that the Panthers, on that first uh, weekend down there in Spartanburg, that you have fans there at Gibbs Stadium on the campus of Wofford College, and they get an up-close and personal look at the Carolina Panthers. Although this year, fan attendance apparently has been down. There's a myriad of reasons, I'm sure, one of them probably being that you can't get autographs, but the team did throw autographed T-shirts in the stands on Saturday, which is cool to see. Now, something that was not cool to see, apparently, from Matt Rule, he was not necessarily pleased with the performance from his team. A little over-aggression going on on Saturday. Matt Rule talked after practice about how he felt about his team's performance on Saturday and the first time in front of a crowd in 2021. At the end there, I was not happy at the end because we're doing too many things tonight that we don't normally do. And... Um, you know, you got to be the same guy every day, you know, and our, our best players, they're the same on Wednesday as they are on Sundays. And some of our guys tonight were amped up and do, like we're on the ground. We're never on the ground at practice this much. And we're on the ground tonight. So just brought him in and just said, don't do different things because there's people here, you know, just, just get, just do what we do on the practice field out here. And that's a, that's a important message for young teams, man. The, the, the best, they, they, 
sorry, this is really hard to talk over. The, the, the best in the world, they, they do what they do all the time. So it was great to have the crowd here. It was good for us to see where we're at. Some of our young guys were really amped up and anxious. And, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games if you do that. So, you know, it was just a good learning experience. I think we also have to understand that this is still a young football team. And I bring this up all the time. Youngest team in the league. And you're going to have situations like on Saturday night where I guess the guys get a little bit over their skis, get a little too excited and hyped up. And Matt Rule brings up. Being the same guy every day. Our best players do that. So I'm sure that's Christian McCaffrey. That's probably Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns. The same guy every day. That consistency. Something that you want to build across the roster. But it's hard to do that when you have guys out there in a situation that haven't been in before. Whether they're a rookie or a second-year player who really didn't play in front of a lot of fans. And they're just hyped up for the season. So I don't really make too much out of it. Uh, certainly, if there's ever going to be a practice where you want to take things from that, it will be when they have joint practices coming up against the Indianapolis Colts. And then also joint practices later on against the Baltimore Ravens. Those are the times where we're going to look at practice and really be able to take something out of it. And Sam Darnold continues to be the central figure heading into the season. Uh, the quest for a franchise quarterback is something that we're going to continue to talk about uh, throughout uh, this podcast and really all over across the Carolina Panthers uh, media and the landscape with this team until they have one. And Sam Darnold hopefully will be that guy um, for the Carolina Panthers heading here in 2021. And, from everything I see, it's up and down performance from Sam throughout practice and on Saturday night, and I don't really know what you make of it. I tweeted out the other day that let's try for the sanity of all of us to not turn every single Sam Donald snap throughout practice and even early in the season, like the first couple weeks. Like I know the Jets game is going to be a, hit, a huge game in terms of just the drama, the storyline. Zach Wilson, his first NFL career start versus Sam Darnold's first career start down in Carolina and him hoping to be the guy and wants to prove the Jets that they were wrong. There's certainly all those emotions that will be tied to that, but it's going to be just another game in terms of everything else surrounding that. It's going to be week one wanting to get off to a good start. And the way I just look at the whole Sam Darnold thing is, yes, you guys listen, you know I am not – I'm highly optimistic about Sam Darnold turning out to be the starting quarterback here long term, just based off of what he did the last three years in New York. And then also just if you look at any NFL quarterback who has the numbers that he's put up, regardless of what the situation was, if they have the numbers that he's had, they have not gone on to second places or third places and had a ton of success. So we will see how things pan out for Sam Darnold. But I'm not sitting here in preseason, in training camp, and even week one, two, three, four, or five and trying to say whether Sam Donald is the guy or not. Like, I don't think he's going to end up being the guy, but I'm also going to allow him to prove me right or to prove me wrong. So let's wait until the season gets here before having any sort of grand opinion on who Sam Donald was. Because I remember last year, and I know there's not a ton of people who ever believed in Teddy Bridgewater. I remember looking at The Athletic, and it wasn't, I mean, Joe Person doesn't write the headlines. I understand that. But it was an article that Joe Person wrote about Teddy Bridgewater just highlighting how Teddy Bridgewater had turned out to start off the season to be the right guy for the Carolina Panthers in that moment. Then later on, you get to December, and he's writing about Teddy Bridgewater running out of time. And in the next week, it's the Carolina Panthers need to move on. So there's some hype around Teddy early on in the season. Not saying that it was ever hype that he should be the guy long term, but still, there's a lot of people saying positive things about Teddy Bridgewater. Then at the end of the season, there were very few people saying anything positive about Teddy Bridgewater. So that could be the same thing for Sam Donald. He could start off well and end up poorly, or start up poorly and end up well. Who knows how things are going to play out? I'm just saying for the sake of all of us, and it's going to be a conversation we're going to have throughout the season, obviously. Let's just, you know, take it day by day, week to week, game by game. 
before making any kind of grand statement on whether Sam Darnold actually is the right guy here in Carolina. And I had someone say, oh, take your own advice. Like, well, I'm not sitting here, you know, looking at every practice and being like, oh, he threw a pick. Clearly, he's not the right guy. It's like, oh, he threw a dime. Clearly, he's a franchise. Like, I'm going to wait and see what happens throughout the season. So, appreciate the feedback either way and you listening. But, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I've already seen it going back to minicamp and OTAs. Deep breath. We'll figure it out soon enough whether Sam Donald's the right guy here in Carolina. I am skeptical, but he has the opportunity to show us that he is. Okay, so if he is going to be the right guy, the Panthers could get off to a pretty good start, just looking at what the schedule looks like. And I got a nice mailbag question on Friday that I kind of want to go in-depth on here after a quick pause here on the podcast. Uh, guys, keep telling you about him, and I'm not going to ever stop telling you about him. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they are absolutely amazing. They celebrate the freedom of choice. We live here in America where we have freedom. You have the freedom to get any of these Built Bar flavors, coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, or even German chocolate. All of those are Built Bar flavors, and they're fantastic. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're covered in 100% chocolate, meaning, yes, orange, strawberry. You also get 100% chocolate in those bars, which is amazing. What's also amazing is you can get a mixed box of Built Bar. What does that mean, you ask? There's nine flavors, and you can get two of each nine flavors in a mixed box. That's right, 18 Built Bars, two of each flavor. What else could you ask for? Well, you could ask for them to be healthy. Well, you don't have to ask because Built Bars are healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team hanging out there in Tokyo. So if you want to feel like an Olympic gold medalist, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Y'all did a fantastic job last week getting me in a ton of questions for the weekly Friday mailbag. I'm going to need you to do that again coming up this Friday and every Friday throughout preseason and training camp by tweeting at me, at Julian Council. Also, click the follow button as well um, for just any kind of updates, whatever I'm going to be tweeting about. Uh, but still, go ahead, do that. DM me, at me, whatever you got to do to get in your questions about your Carolina Panthers. So please do that every Friday throughout the rest of training camp and the preseason. And Kurt, Kurt been listening to me back when I was F and Z in Charlotte, also been listening to the podcast, kind of a day one guy, so I really appreciate Kurt, really appreciate also the question that he sent to me on Friday, basically asking, like, what if the Panthers start 3-0? His part one of his question was, given the Michael Thomas news, Michael Thomas still has an issue 
with his foot or ankle, whatever it is, he is not going to be available. He had surgery again. He's not going to be available week two when the Panthers played the New Orleans Saints at Bank of America Stadium. He asked, how crucial is it for a team to be 3 now to start the season? Jets, Saints at home, then on the road against the Texans, probably Deshaun Watson list Texans, bring in Tyrod Taylor there on a Thursday night in Houston. To start to be a good team, you got to beat the team as you're supposed to. Absolutely. If they go 3-0 and then become a 500-ish team, which everyone expects, 7-7 the rest of the way would make them 10-7. That's what Kurt says. So how much would a 3-0 start make you rethink playoff expectations? And on Friday, I just really, it kind of stumped me because it's like, yeah, man, I mm. you start out 3-0, then you go 500 the rest of the year, 10-7. 10-7, and because remember back when we only had 16 games, 10-6 and six is kind of that magic. You get the double-digit wins, you're pretty much going to the playoffs. And now you add in that extra wild-card team that started last year. You got seven teams getting in, six teams in a wild-card round. That top team, of course, gets the bye that first week. And now it makes you feel even better about the potential of that. So, yes, week one against the Jets. The Jets are starting a rookie quarterback. That's got to be a game. The Panthers win. It's at home. You always have to win at home. Week two, at home against New Orleans. New quarterback, whether it's going to be Taysom Hill, apparently he's been taking the bulk of the first team reps. I have no idea what's going down there in New Orleans, uh, but that's their problem. Either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, one of those guys, maybe both of those guys, will play week two. Michael Thomas will not be available. Outside of Michael Thomas, I mean, it's not like they have the greatest wide receiver core. Marquez Callaway, I liked him out of Tennessee. He played fairly well at points and times last season for the Saints. Uh, Traquan Smith, an okay player, more of a number three than a number two. Like, I don't really think they even have a true number two wide receiver on that roster. And the what they lost because of the salary cap is going to impact them at some point in time down the road. And that could be week two when they come to Carolina. And then, of course, Thursday night against the Texans, that's a game, absolutely, that Kurt talks about. This. You, to be a good team, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to. And, that, and they all, everyone gets paid, too. So let's remember this. They're all professionals. But looking at the Jets and Texans, and no no one outside the NFL really around the league really is saying the Carolina Panthers are going to be a great team. When you look at the power rankings, the Panthers are always there around 25-26. They're not expected to do much this season. Madden rating, if you care about stuff like that, they have the second worst Madden rating coming to the season, which I think is kind of insane when you look at what they have on the roster and what they've added at least. Young team, but talented, certainly, and I think they're in a better position than the Jets and Texans. So, yeah, you got to win those first two games. Will they, if they beat the Saints, fine, 3-0. Looking at the rest of the schedule, and it's always never the smartest game to play going through the whole schedule and saying win-loss, win-loss, but let's go ahead and play the game anyway. Week four at Dallas. I think the Cowboys, as much as annoying as they are, how about them Cowboys, America's team, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's just go ahead and we'll chat. Let's just play the game. We'll call it a loss. It's on the road. So three and one. Week five against the Eagles. It got to be a win, right? So then four and one. People are going nuts. Of course, you're home against the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, Adam Thielen, like I, I like the I like what the Vikings have, and they're considered to be a borderline playoff team. That's a toss-up game at New York against the Giants. The Giants have added more receivers for Daniel Jones, the Charlottean Duke guy. We'll see how. It's just hard to say. Like they, you have toss-up games, I think, with Minnesota and New York at Atlanta. Historically, as we know, the Panthers just don't win there. We'll see how things go this season. No Julio, but you add in Kyle Pitts. 
Uh, they're trying to rework that defense. Dan Quinn, of course, is gone. Enter Arthur Smith, new GM Terry Fontenot, home against New England. Who knows if Cam's going to be a starting quarterback. The Patriots did a ton this offseason. They were big-time buyers, and it's still New England. And I know last year wasn't great for them, but I just can't imagine Bill Belichick's going to bounce back and have another terrible team. At Arizona, it just that's that you have a stretch where week six, Vikings, seven Giants, eight Atlanta, nine New England, ten Arizona, Washington, Miami, then the bye, then Atlanta again. Like that stretch right there is really where the Carolina Panthers have to maintain a winning record. Because once you get to the last four weeks, which I've spoken about plenty of times, at Buffalo, probably on a Saturday night, then you have home against Tampa on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. Then you have at New Orleans, again, who knows where the Saints will be, and then at Tampa to finish the season. I just say, like, if we're being realistic, like, best-case scenario is, like, what? Obviously, 2-2, two and two, you want to go 2-2. Two and two. Just But going off of the fact that you get the Super Bowl champs twice, and who knows where they'll be Week 18. And I don't think that anyone's going to challenge Tampa in the NFC South. Which could make Week 18 one of those games where Tampa rests all their starters, and who knows? They could also potentially be the number one seed in the NFC. So let's say maybe that's a win. And then the rest are, oh God, to see three straight losses would be so tough. It's just those are the games where I don't know. That means the Carolina Panthers, through Week 6 through 14, are going to have to find a way to stay above, obviously above 500, but that would be well above 500, have a winning record during that stretch. If they start off 3-0. Like, that's where the season's really going to be made in between those weeks and then the final four weeks, figuring out what step this team is taking. Because now you're really playing some big boys, playing some teams. If they are as good as they were last year in Buffalo and New Orleans, not well, not even New Orleans really, but still, and Tampa, that's where we're going to figure out where exactly this team is headed. So, yeah, if they start off 3-0, uh, people are going to be freaking out. Which, of course, they're going to be one of the surprise teams to start off the NFL. Even though if you look at the schedule, like that shouldn't be surprising. The Jets aren't that aren't any good. Now, neither the Texans and the Saints will be a big-time win. So you can't even say that the Panthers just had an easy schedule. It's still the NFL, and they beat a team that they should beat at home week one. They beat another team at home, the Saints, who absolutely I think they can stack up with, especially with the uncertainty of who's going to be playing and who the quarterback's going to be. And absolutely on the road against Houston, yeah, if they start out 3-0, and and then you're talking about only 7-7 seven seven the rest of the way, you got to feel pretty good potentially about their chance to make the playoffs. And I, I would caution that we've seen it before here, and I don't think I have to caution anybody. We've seen how well this team has started off in past seasons and just things just not go our way in the second half of the season. And hopefully, under a new regime with Matt Rule and co, things are different, but we did see last year too. After a pretty strong start, Panthers, their youth and experience and some of the, the holes on the roster eventually showed up. I'm not saying that's going to happen this season. I don't really see them tapering off at really any point. I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. There's going to be some Sundays where just the other team might get a break or might be a little bit better, more experienced than the Panthers. I'm not saying this team at all is going to have one of those, those kind of three-week, four-week stretches where they're not winning a football game. I think we're done with those days as we had here in 2021. So it is an interesting question, something to think about if the Panthers do, in fact, start off 3-0 this season. And someone who might be a key contributor and factor, if they do start off 3-0, could be Terrace Marshall. There's a ton of hype growing around the uh, rookie out of LSU. And I'm, can, I'm thinking, and I've talked about this a little bit before, like how could this impact contract talks with Robbie Anderson as we head into the 2021 season? Uh, more on that in just a moment. And 
I know there's some of you out there who are absolute degenerates and have no problem betting on the preseason at the NFL. And if you're going to go ahead and do that, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and judge you, but I'm going to tell you that you need to go to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including for the MLB your UFC MMA action, and of course, the National Football League. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs and kick off the season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is it safe to say that everyone's training camp crush right now is Terrace Marshall? Is that fair? Because I love him. Y'all seem to love him from everything I've seen via Twitter. And Steve Smith, Agent 89, Smitty, Ice Up Son, that guy who's going to be hanging out with the Carolina Panthers throughout the preseason, calling preseason games with Taylor Zarzer. He's a big fan of him too. Him and Zarzer were up in the booth on Saturday during uh, the Panthers' practice, and they were talking about just how great Terrace Marshall is. And some people need to be out on the lookout, apparently, according to Smitty. Well, here's the guy from LSU, Mr. Marshall. Oh, yes. Wearing a true wide receiver's number <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> you don't like those jerseys that start with a one, do you? I get confused sometimes. Marshall is sensational oh, he's at LSU. Good. I think he is going to surprise some people, not as fans, but some people that are actually lined up ahead of him. What we call this, uh, that young man is going to steal some folks' jobs. I mean, the dude looks the part. He already looks like, he looks like an NFL wide receiver. 6'4", got a ton of speed. I mean, his catch radius is off this freaking planet. Like, I, I love it. I'm excited to see what Terrace Marshall can do this season. And that draft pick, a guy the Carolina Panthers had graded out as a first-round pick and they get him there in a the second round, and that's the only reason why they even stayed where they were at because Terrace Marshall was sitting right there and they were aware that New Orleans haven't been in the same state as his college LSU. The Saints were interested in him. Getting him here to Carolina, the pair with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson for at least this season is something really exciting. And I say for at least this season because Robbie Anderson – is on a second year of a two-year, $20 million deal with the Carolina Panthers, and he'll be a free agent after the season unless his team and the Carolina Panthers, general manager Scott Fitter, cap guy Samir Suleiman, if they come to terms prior to the season. And last week I talked about could Robbie Anderson or someone else be in line for an extension prior to the season. 
Scott Fitter mentioned on Tuesday when they arrived out of Sparkle City in Spartanburg on the campus of Wofford College that there are a couple guys that they still are talking to and have their eyes on that potentially a deal could get done. And I would be all about Robbie Anderson coming back here in Carolina if he's going to have another 1,000-yard receiving season, if he continues to have the rapport that he had with Sam Darnold back in New York. And, you know, if the team likes him, if they want him here, and he's a good compliment to DJ Moore out there at wide receiver, you can even talk about Christian McCaffrey also in this offense and someone who goes out wide in the slide at times as well, which makes him one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. If that trio, if they can stick together for the next – three, four years, however long they want to extend Robbie, I'm, I'm cool with it. But I'm also cool with if it means that not keeping Robbie Anderson means that you're going to elevate Terrace Marshall and he becomes that dude and that number two wide receiver next to DJ or opposite of DJ and with Christian McCaffrey and then that he could be around longer considering he's on a four-year rookie deal and he's not asking that kind of money or at least up for the kind of money that Robbie Anderson likely will be up for right now or going to 2022 during during the offseason. So I am curious, and I've said this before, I kind of think this could be Robbie Anderson's last season, and I'm probably leaning more on it is just based off of the potential that Terrace Marshall has. Now, yeah, you want to have three wide receivers, kind of the philosophy I really think that a lot of NFL teams look at, at least for me as well, I, the way I look at it is you're only going to pay two wide receivers. Back when the Rams had Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. I mean, they're only going to keep three of those guys. Cook's obviously no longer there. Uh, extenuating circumstances as well, concussions, injuries. But they stuck with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who've been a dynamic duo. With Minnesota, for a while before they traded Stephon Diggs, he was no longer happy there. You had Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, both those guys getting paid. Diggs now gone. Obviously, you got Justin Jefferson eventually will get paid. But only having kind of two receivers getting paid big money is the easiest way to go about things in terms of the salary cap especially as it's going to try and rise to its previous pandemic levels, and we'll see when they get there. But at this point in time, they're only going to have so much space, and there's going to be other guys that are going to need to get contracts here shortly, like DJ Moore, Brian Burns, if he continues on the, on the, on the trajectory he's on. Who knows how Hassan Reddick plays? Maybe they want to extend him, give him a big money contract if he goes out there and has a similar season that he had last season in a contract year for the Arizona Cardinals. They've already paid, of course, Taylor Moten, but Sam Darnold, if he turns out to be that guy, you're going to have to pay Sam Darnold eventually. So Terrace Marshall performing well in showing the Carolina Panthers that they're going to be just fine at wide receiver if they lose Robbie Anderson this offseason, that could be a positive for the team. Now, I want all three of these guys, DJ Robbie and Terrace Marshall, to be here as long as possible. I'm just thinking that Terrace Marshall, his emergence in terms of what we've seen so far, and he, he hasn't even put on pads yet. He just looks the part. We will see what he looks like during the preseason games. And, of course, once we actually get into the season, just all the hype surrounding him has a lot of people, myself included, excited about potentially what he could be and what that could mean in terms of what decisions the team has to make heading into the season and throughout the season and then eventually getting into the offseason of 2022. So we have a long way to go. Just saying, Terrace Marshall, that kind of stuff, pretty positive. And, one other small note, Shaq Thompson apparently left uh, practice early. Uh, some lower body tightness on Saturday. Said nothing too serious. Remember what I said back last week? The only thing that matters in training camp in the preseason is everyone coming out healthy. And Shaq Thompson is one of the leaders of this team, this defense, and he's going to be expected to play a lot of snaps. So hopefully whatever's going on with Shaq is, like the Panthers say, not anything too serious heading into the season. 
So cross my fingers, hoping that's all going to be good. And hopefully everyone else can stay healthy, stay off the COVID list, and get going here as we head into the second week for the Carolina Panthers down at training camp in Spartanburg. Thanks again for listening to the show, Locked On Panthers, hosted by me, Julian Council. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You know where to find me. Uh, also, find me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can follow me and tweet at me for every Friday throughout the preseason. And throughout training camp, going to be having the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. So tweet at me whatever questions that you have with the Carolina Panthers. DMs are also open, but don't get crazy. Again, guys, appreciate the support. Love y'all so much. I will talk to you on Tuesday morning. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.